What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Mr. C from The C Report, and I'm stopping in for just a sec to encourage you guys to head over to thecreport.com. At thecreport.com, you can get more information on The C Report, check out episode resources, follow our blog and get new articles every week, join our mailing list, and stay abreast on the latest news and information. That's right, head on over to thecreport.com. That's www.thecreport.com. And be sure to follow us on our social medias Truth Social, Rumble, Twitch, CloutHub, and Hill.net.
to every parent who dreams for their child and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you. I will fight for you. And I will win for you. Good evening, good evening. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, one and all, to uh, another edition of the C Report. I am your host, Mr. C, and you are joining me on this fine Friday evening, October. Whoops, sorry, guys. <laughs> I forgot to turn off the monitor volume. You're probably like, what is that noise? Um, <laughs> uh, as I was saying, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a fine Friday evening here at the C Report. October 14th. I did not get that out before. I don't know. I distracted myself. It happens sometimes. Uh, but once again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for being here and joining me this evening for another edition of, of the Sea Report, America First News and Headlines and Views. I hope everyone is doing well. Trying to figure out what uh, what ways to start off today's show. I, just, I thought I'd start off with a nice little uh, Trump opener there. Uh, aside from my patriotic countdown. I'll have to apologize to the podcast listeners. Uh, this is a live stream as well. So <laughs> sometimes you will hear, well, music and, well, God forbid, dead air. But anyhow, anyhow, ladies and gentlemen, head over to thecreport.com and you can find out where you can catch this show on live. All right, guys. So, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff going on this week. You know, here we find ourselves on the fifth day of the week. Uh, which I guess if we're keeping track of everything in its uh, own chronological order and uh, informational and topical department, you know, uh, time is just moving along. Uh, here we've already had the uh, Igor Danchenko John Durham trial proceeding for four days or so. So it was like, man, you know, and uh, interesting enough, and maybe it's just not as juicy, but like, you know, the Michael Sussman trial, I feel like was being covered by everybody from like the minute that uh, John Durham released, or I should say filed, 
uh, that indictment, you know, the speaking indictment that was what, what 20, 30, 27, 30 something pages long. Anyhow, good evening, Lee Worth. How are you doing tonight? Thank you for uh, popping in and saying hello over there at Foxhole. Glad to have you with us. Uh, but yes, guys, so everyone was covering that story like nobody's business. I mean, of course, back at the time, uh, John Durham and uh, Justice were in demand. Uh, and uh, what can I say? Uh, people seeking justice and uh, following the story of a weaponized uh uh, Justice Department and, uh, uh, sorry, I should say intelligence agencies. Well, we'll throw in the Justice Department. Why not? I mean, well, we'll see how weaponized they are when they decide what they're going to do with that. Because, you know, Merrick Garland, I'm pretty sure, uh, surprised everyone by allowing John Durham to stay on the case. But uh, the other, the other dude that was working on this investigation, you know, the one out of Utah, I, I keep forgetting his name, you know. Uh, I lost all of my windows like a week ago. You know, you guys know how I'm always going on about how I have like several windows open on my my computer screen and each window has like thousands of tabs of articles and information and shit, excuse me, and stuff. And uh, I lost all of my tabs one day. I, I think there was like a reset on my computer. I was like, ah. Anyways, I had all of these articles about the other um, the other special prosecutor or special counsel, I should say, that was involved in the Hillary Clinton investigation and the uh, investigate. Well, you know, he was actually more specifically involved in looking into Hillary Clinton's matters. If only I could remember his name. Uh, anyhow, uh, he's out of Utah. He resigned or he was, I think he was, it was a, uh, it wasn't a forced resign. I think it was, he was like voluntold by the Biden administration to resign. Like the Biden administration was like, hey buddy, uh, you might want to think about resigning. Anyway, so he resigned. Um, he had been assigned to investigate uh, the Hillary Clinton Foundation, I believe, <clears throat> and maybe um, Uranium One and stuff like that. Anyhow, anyhow, I get away from myself. So, uh, yeah, we should not forget about those fun facts, right, ladies and gentlemen? We should not forget about those because after all that, uh, that special counsel who resigned at the behest of the Biden regime did hand over all of his information to John Durham, which who knows, maybe some of that stuff popped up in that dossier. I don't know. What do you think? Right. Or maybe some of what that other special prosecutor investigated and discovered uh, gave uh, John Durham a good uh, directional type of path. You know, it was very uh, emptive, preemptive almost if you want to put it that. So anyhow, so we've had this case going on. No one's really covering it. Well, you know, I shouldn't take that back. People are covering it, of course, obviously. Uh, this is uh, an important story that is important to people who, whom it's important to. But now, ladies and gentlemen, and, and trust me, tonight's episode is not about uh, the Durham case. That's why we're opening with it. <laughs> I'm not going to talk. We're not going to examine. It's not part of the report tonight. I just had to get it out there, you know, because we're already at the end of the first week, even though it was only four days, uh, four day in. Uh, anyhow, guys, so, you know, uh, when I say people aren't covering, I mean, like, all of the, you know, like, uh, we have, well, I, I don't want to name names, guys, you know who my, you know who my resources are, uh, the, at least the majority of the ones I will approach in my aggregated uh, curation of uh, stories and stuff. But a lot of these same uh, entities that covered the Sussman trial are having even 
published one story until like yesterday or today, which, you know, I mean, well, we talked about Igor Danchenko here at the Sea Report and the trial on Monday uh, because it was starting on Tuesday. You know, we had to kind of like catch up and it's been a busy week. You know, we had Garland Favorito in the studios uh, yesterday. So if you guys missed that episode, uh, he, he was here. Well, he wasn't here in person live, obviously, but we were having uh, an Internet conversation. Uh, much the way we do these days. And uh, we talked a little bit about, uh, well, we talked at length, actually. Uh, I'm going to say it because I can. We had an exclusive story here at the Sea Report on the uh, hearing proceedings that took place during the voter GA um, uh, election challenge for the 2022 primaries in Fulton County for the uh, school district elections, District 7. Uh, as it were, it, it seems that according to... Uh, Garland Favorito, the court did not give a real clear hearing on the matter. And, uh, well, they will, uh, they will, uh, convene again at another late, uh, another date at that time. Uh, the, it seems like even the defense was not narrowly prepared, uh, for the uh, information that, uh, Garland Favorito and, um, well, I'm going to say victim candidate Philip Chen, because he is the one who is the victim of all of this. Uh, after all, uh, he received what zero votes, I think, is what uh, Garland had said. Well, we had we had the uh, he's a Democrat, too. You know, this is one point I did forget to bring up about that entire situation is when we're talking about uh, election fraud and election fraud denial. Right. And we're talking about no evidence, you know. Uh, 2022 has become a pretty big uh, viewing port for Democrats to also see and understand that, yeah, their party does cheat. <laughs> but so do Republicans. It's just that the Democrats made it very obvious because they're always telling us what they're going to do. I mean, that's why that's why we can trust Democrats to be who they are. That's why rhinos are far more dangerous than Democrats. And that's why Republicans dot, dot, dot. Anyways, okay, so now uh, just to wrap that thought up uh, with uh, the, the Garland Favorito interview from yesterday, and there was a lot more, so I would encourage you to go back and uh, check that out um, and uh, take it in for yourselves, ladies and gentlemen, with my thanks again to Mr. Favorito for appearing on the show and uh, and sharing that information. Uh, it's voter GA, they are on the ground and they are fighting for election integrity, y'all. So um, to wrap up that thought, you know, the Democrats, uh, Democrat Phil Chen, zero, right? And then uh, you had someone whose name was not even on the ballot got like his vote, basically. I mean, that's that's like the, the long and short of it. That's not... The uh, that's the airbrushed version of it, guys. But those are the uh, the general events that occurred to in a Democrat race. Okay, so pretty crazy, guys. All to do with the machines. But anyways, I digress, or I progress, or regress, or some gress. I don't know what kind of gressing I'm doing, guys. But anyhow, let's finish up with Danchenko so we can move on in today's report. You know, I think. Uh, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. don't let me get ahead of myself. So with Danchenko, ladies and gentlemen, um, since the trial has been proceeding for uh, approximately uh, four days strong, don't forget John Durham is speaking. 
at this trial, right? Uh, because all of those videos of John Durham, the Punisher coming back, I, I guess we found out those were all fakes. <laughs> Not that they were deep fakes. It was just like, um, uh, what do you call those things? It was a uh, parody, right? I think uh, maybe it was parody preemptive programming to get us ready for what's to come. Ha! All right, it's putting us it's putting us patri patriots on that positive mental trajective path. So we see things positively and we can overcome our challenges in a manner that is a uh, positive which would make it, you know, affirmative. What's going on Timajet? Good to see you. Uh, what is that? Someone who is a data analyst here should compile retractions in media. They are always on the 23rd page. Oh, no kidding, right? That would be an interesting... Uh, yeah, but the question about this, at least in uh, at least in relationship to the Danchenko story, right? Or at least in relationship to the election fraud story. And uh, Timbajet's, uh, I think his comment quite applies. <laughs> Someone should do a research compilation on retractions. However, in the case of uh, the PP dossier, election fraud, uh, election deniers, uh, wait, 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 De election fraud deniers, pardon me, and uh, we will never see retractions. <laughs> we will never see retractions. Do you know that, what if they had to list the complete like publication uh, bibliography or whatever of every single article that they publish? They're like, in the following articles, we said this about election theft in 2020. <laughs> Talk about an encyclopedia of lies and deception, ladies and gentlemen. We'd like to correct the following. Boy, that that article would never end, y'all. Thank goodness for the internet where we're not printing a paper. Ah, just kidding. You know, I'm not that kind of uh, tree hugger. Anyhow, so getting back to Danchenko. <laughs> Getting back to Danchenko, y'all. Uh, here's some uh, the findings. Of course, we already knew prior to the trial starting from the indictments. Uh, I guess now that it's actually in trial and they're speaking word to power and you got, uh, you know, your plaintiffs and your defendants and your team's all there and the judge is considering it. Wah, 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 wah. You know, uh, I guess because of that, you know, it's now official. But, you know, yes, the FBI was paying Igor Danchenko even after, ladies and gentlemen, it came out to their knowledge that uh, the PP dossier was fake, phony, and a fraud. But for some reason, they were all happy to lay their eyes on it. I'll never understand, you know? Um, it was something like, well, you know, I've heard conflicting numbers, but I think 200 and something thousand dollars. Oh, wait, that was for the dossier. I take it back. That wasn't for his time in hiding. Okay. So his time in hiding, I think was in the millions of dollars, right? Cause they are like, well, we got to protect this. Uh, we got to protect this noble liar, right? We got to protect this noble deceiver because if they find him, then they'll know that we're frauds. So they sent him away and taxpayers spent millions of dollars to protect him from being exposed for the fraud that he is. I mean, at least to this part we know is all factual, right? And um, yeah, $219,000 to draft a PP dossier made up by three drunkards one night in Europe, right? 
At least that's the version of the story that I've heard, okay? Oh, guys, by, by the way, again, we're not talking about Igor Danchenko. I'm just doing the open, okay? All right, so anyways, there's that, okay? And then, uh, so that came out. So, and, and I guess General America is not going to question anything about... <laughs> Uh, well, for first of all, the fake PP dossier, I mean, this already came out and no one's saying a damn thing. What's up with that? Uh, the next, I guess, biggest thing, I guess you could say that came out of his trial, which the uh, mainstream media, the legacy press, the fake news media, the Mockingbird guys, uh, they uh, are running away with this. They're like, uh, Durham suffers another great loss, a great embarrassment, another strike against John Durham. He who is feared throughout the halls of Washington, D.C., and uh, that is that uh, Judge Tranga, which I guess could be expected, but, you know, do you guys see a trend forming here? There is a very specific trend I see forming, you know, it's trend alert, you know, I don't know if you guys are noticing this trend, I mean, for, or, or maybe uh, anyone who's engaged in, you know, being able to have the time to review multiple, you know, media venues and outlets, et cetera, et cetera, or who just searches it in the internet and goes down the page, right? You know, um, Charles Dolan, ladies and gentlemen, seems to be being protected. Like everywhere we turn in the case of John Durham, Igor Danchenko, Michael Sussman, Donald Trump, Fusion GPS, uh, the list goes on and on, right? Fiona Hill, let's go on and on and on. Everyone keeps on cutting out the name Charles Dolan. Like they don't want them to touch this man because they know if this man is implicated in any way, it's curtains. Because after all, this man is probably more closely associated, if not intimately associated, with the Clinton camp. And I'm not saying campaign, I'm saying camp. I want to say Clinton Foundation, the Hillary Clinton family. I want to know how many times Charles Dolan name appears on the Lolita Express. I'm guessing it doesn't, or I'm guessing we would have heard about this already. Uh, but maybe he wasn't that kind of a friend with the Clintons, right? Maybe he didn't go to the Frazzle Drip parties and the Adrenochrome uh, highway rides. Maybe, maybe he was just out for Charles Dolan. And uh, whatever that meant, that's where we are today. But, you know, I noticed with the Michael Sussman case and, uh, and in other instances where the judge throws out, uh, you know, evidence or statements or documents, anything, but, you know, Charles Dolan's name has floated around within that arena uh, since this has began. And, and, already, and we've heard constantly time and time and time again that, uh, is it Charles Dolan, right? Because Charles Dolan is, um, he's the one uh, in regards to Danchenko, uh, where they are saying that he'd gotten a source from. So, Long story short, too late. Uh, Judge Tranga um, threw out one of the five charges against Igor Danchenko, and, and that one dealt with Charles Dolan being one of the subsources or the source of the PP dossier. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to get Charles Dolan confused with uh, the new star guy. The, uh, what was that guy's name? Joffy. Because I was always like, Jeffrey, Joffy, don't get him confused with Joffrey Jofer. 
points. Anyways, I cracked myself up. Okay, so, uh, right, guys. So that's basically your update on week one of Igor Danchenko in a 25-minute nutshell. <laughs> oh, wait, I forgot. We did that 10-minute intro in a 20-minute nutshell, guys. Okay. Now, uh, other things going on around the news sphere. Well, let's not forget ourselves, ladies and gentlemen, because after all, President Trump leads here at the Sea Report. Uh, lots of stuff going on, of course. And, um, well, let's jump straight into his truths, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I, I mean, I was digging today. Uh, I got about, uh, oh, wait, 19 hours in. <laughs> And there was uh, only one new statement from President Trump that I could find uh, to share with you all that uh, wasn't, uh, you know, like a, in case you missed it moment or just uh, retruthing an article, etc. Et uh, it was this one. I will be putting out my response to the unselect committee of political hacks and thugs tomorrow at eight. Thank you. <laughs> So, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, we've heard that uh, they chose to indict. I think this was yesterday that broke, right? The J6 Unselect Committee returns, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, that's going to be their call to arms, right? I mean, that's their next move, right? This is their second act. God, I hope there's not three acts in this freaking show, you know? I mean, uh, do we have to suffer another act, right? <laughs> uh, you know what? I am being totally selfish. Does this man, Donald Trump, have to suffer another act, ladies and gentlemen? Because let's face it, he is the one, right, who's uh, dealing with the majority of this. So I'm just trying to keep up with it. All right, guys, let's get on into the rest of our show. Uh, okay, so on the screen here, as you guys might be noticing, uh, I have for us... Uh, one photographic image of uh, Joe Rogan and Tulsi Gabbard. Okay, guys. So obviously Tulsi is in hot demand these days uh, because of her not just walking away and um, quitting. She didn't quit, guys. She didn't quit the Democrat Party. <laughs> she left. She decimated them. She, uh, she, uh, I was going to say she flat earthed them. She, uh, what is that, that term where it's like a scorched earth, the Democrat party. She scorched earth, the Democrat party better than any Republican I have ever seen scorched earth. And, um, I would have to say she did it, uh, a slightly more eloquently than someone like President Donald Trump. <laughs> but hey, this woman is not just a woman who's been attacked by the Democrat Party. She has also uh, dealt with and uh, viewed all of their crosswise ways, ladies and gentlemen. She's been attacked by it and she's been, uh, she's been um, attacked by her own party, guys. So, uh, anyhow, as you can imagine, Tulsi is definitely making the rounds. Uh, she had her uh, moment on uh, Tucker Carlson. I think he was like probably the first interview 
uh oh no 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 joe rogan's was wasn't it i think joe rogan's was i think this is where she made her big announcement actually you know i mean i don't listen to joe rogan often at all actually if i'm being honest with you guys um i do enjoy though anytime i do have have listened to his interviews i've always enjoyed them i mean i've never not enjoyed a moment i've shared with joe rogan listening to his podcast. Um, I, I listened to almost this entire podcast because you guys know what I'm fishing for, right? <laughs> I want answers. I want answers, ladies and gentlemen. And that's why I listened to almost the two hour long. I mean, I ran out of time basically is why I didn't get to finish listening to it. Um, but I think I got, um, I, I got more than an hour into it. I know that for sure. Uh, we're not going to listen to it guys. We're not going to listen to it. I did take notes. So, you know, I'll kind of highlight some of these things because, like I said, I'm looking for answers to my questions, you know, to my questions. And then, you know, if I choose to share those answers with the audience, <laughs> you guys know I am, then, uh, you know, that's my prerogative. <laughs> and you guys know what my questions and some of all of y'all's questions out there are as well in regards to Tulsi Gabbard, in regards to any elected supposed representative who deems themselves official, right? In regards to any of them, can they be trusted? Now, let's not forget, guys, just because we can trust someone to do the job does not mean that we should not uh, keep tabs on them or uh, ensure that we could not do the job ourselves if we had to, and to understand a way to do that. In other words, uh, we need to be comfortable with our process for removal when necessary, right? Okay, not to get sidetracked. Let's get back to Tulsi and Mr. Rogan, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so, you know, what, it, what I think one of the main things that was revealed in this interview with Joe Rogan uh, between he and Tulsi Gabbard was that other than the fact that they're both great conversationalists... <laughs> Uh, was that she has left the Democrat Party and she has now become an independent. So this is very interesting to me, guys. You know, just as I am about ready to uh, tuck away my anti-political party speech and put it away until Trump is back in office, right? And we're well on our way to restoring our republic. <laughs> Tulsi Gabbard decides to shake up the mix, right? and uh, breaks the two-party system uh, um, status quo of this nation and this nation's mindset and totally demolishes the Democrat Party speaking like every Trump supporting, you know, let's not even say that, like every America-loving, save America, republic restorationist, constitutionalist, honoring American wishes that the person that they voted for sounded like. Tulsi Gabbard just mopped the floor of all of the fake Republicans out there, ladies and gentlemen, and I think that they should take note that someone's taking note that someone who is not a Republican is speaking more like an American than they are. She went independent, y'all. She's she's breaking in the third party. Now, um, someone in my chat rooms the other night when we first covered the Gabbard story um, had mentioned maybe Tulsi Gabbard is going to start um, a new wing of the Democrat Party. 
which I, you know, was like, well, you know, I mean, that could be a possibility, you know, and I entertain that for a minute, you know, through my, uh, my paranoid wargaming minds, I'm like, oh, so uh, what do we got going on? So uh, Tulsi Gabbard's basically going to be like the, uh, the, you know, like the Federalists to the Constitutionalists, right? And in the end, they end up becoming the same thing, right? So it's like, we're going to get someone really good, hard and spirited to leave the Democrat Party and start a new faction of the Democrat Party so that other Democrats can go to that Democrat Party and then, and then we can keep the two-party system alive and well. But that is not what had happened. You know, as Tulsi said herself, she is now independent, you know, and I think she's also backing an independent, um, an independent candidate. Uh, maybe Tulsi Gabbard should go and endorse Tori Morris for uh, Ohio Secretary of State since she's independent and she needs as much support as she can get, ladies and gentlemen. And so that brought uh, another point up in my mind regarding this uh, interview, guys. I mean, I told you I'm digging, right? So why not hear it from the bird's mouth? The bird's mouth. <laughs> why not hear it from the horse's mouth itself, right? Now, trust me, guys, if this had been Sarah Jessica Parker on the screen and I said horse's mouth, that might have been offensive. Okay, so anyhow, Aurelius Locke, was that you who said, uh, are you saying hello? Aurelius Locke raised his hand in the audience. So uh, he's either saying hello or uh, he's saying it was me who said it, right? I don't remember who said it, but it might've been you. Okay, actually, let me take a moment, uh, pause real quick. Red Pill 66 what's up? Good evening, lies and deception. Um, I'm sorry, I don't know where we were in our conversation at that point. I apologize, Red Pill 66 but good to see you again. Kiz, good evening, ma'am. Thank you so much for being here and thank you for dropping the links and supporting the broadcast. Sean Joe, thank you for the cookie. Relanon, thank you for the 117 gold pills. Tulsi is a regular on Tucker. And Angel Wings, hey Angel Wings, how are you doing? Angel Wings says, yeah, I don't trust Tulsi. She is still a Soros puppet. You know what? Uh, and well, Aurelius says Schwab puppet, correction. <laughs> I mean, you well, you know, I mean, we have to be as accurate as possible, right? Uh, well, I'm glad you brought that up, Angel Wings, because incidentally, you know, I mean, uh, between Lone Star News this afternoon and the show tonight, uh, I got into a little bit of a rabbit hole, I'm not ashamed to say, um, about Tulsi and the World Economic Forum. So we're presenting today. Um I would say this is going to be like kind of a cracked surface, maybe, but uh, I'm, well, we'll see. We'll, we'll get to that, guys. As you know, I had other thoughts about that, too. I mean, listen to what I just said. Did you hear what I just said? Did you hear what I just said? I went down a rabbit hole over Tulsi Gabbard. So you know what I think in my paranoid wargaming mind, right? I'm like, oh, right. Uh, so the globalists in the deep state were like, hold up. Putin is no longer distracting Mr. C. Throw in Tulsi Gabbard. <laughs> so he can stop talking about damn election fraud. <laughs> And you can stop uh, constantly archiving and re-archiving all of the instances of fraud that have been documented. But so far, we have been successful at getting everyone to ignore. <laughs> well, sorry, guys. Like It's like I said, uh, I don't remember when I said it, but it's like I said, if you're listening to Mr. C and the C Report and this is Mr. C TV, America is awake. OK, so they need to just kind of come to terms with that. And I hopefully someday they will. Hopefully someday they will ladies and gentlemen. So, hey, Awaken Mom, what is going on tonight? Good to see you, ma'am. <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. Well, you know what? Me and you, Miss Awakened Mom, we are, you know, we're, 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 we are burning calories the way I prefer. And that is through laughter, ma'am. <laughs> There's no better way to, to burn calories if you ask me. Anyways, uh, Aurelius Locke says, I'm wary of Tulsi, but keeping an open mind. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So yes, guys. So, well, there you go. Um, but yeah, so that's why I was kind of like, yeah, yeah. Tulsi Gabbard's just here today. Because you, you know, you know, I, I mean, you guys know, I told you all. My gut told me back in what, 1617, she was a Patriot sleeper cell. Um, and in my readings over Tulsi Gabbard today, well, you might notice there's a certain tone that's not in my voice, right? <laughs> in fact, I feel kind of like uh, all full of uh, vinegar and vim right now. You're all full of fire and, and uh, well, you know, not in a bad way, a good way. So awesome, guys. And let's see here. What else do we got going on that I had from these notes? Oh, you know, what? I, I want to carry on with that thought, though, on the independence uh, part. Connect myself. Sorry, guys. I accidentally disconnected myself. She has defied the two-party establishment, y'all. She has defied the two-party establishment. Okay? So, and you, Sean Joe, I think you're going to like this episode. Because, you know, Sean Joe, Sean Joe, you know, I am just a little, I'm just, I'm just hard on the people that we elect, you know, it's, it's my job to be hard on these people. It's my job to ask the question. And it's not because it's my job. It's just because this is the job I gave myself. I'm curious. Okay. I need to ask these questions, you know, and, and the question of Tulsi Gabbard's involvement with the world economic forum and the young leaders conference or whatever it was called is a very valid question. Uh, Sean, Joe, and I have had very passionate, uh, you know, uh, chat slash live stream discussions, <laughs> uh, on-screen discussions about Tulsi Gabbard and the world economic forum and all of that, you know, uh, through and through, you know, uh, sometimes Sean, Joe, and I just don't see eye to eye. I mean, <laughs> but I think you'll like this one, Sean, Joe. <laughs> no, we do. We do. It's just, I'm a little bit pickier. You know, I'm a little bit more anal retentive than your average, uh, human. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> especially when it comes to our elected people and truth and accurate knowledge guys and the shenanigans, some of these people try and, uh, pull on us ladies and gentlemen okay <laughs> but she smashed the two-party system now i'm expecting more to develop out of this guys um i mean because of this wave of uh this wave of media hype that she's uh being involved in you know like uh, do you think that the establishment Republican Party, and I'm not talking about the five or six are actually fighting to restore the Republic and uh, and uh, save the Constitution. I'm talking about the establishment, right? Let's be real. I'm even talking about the ones in your state house, but they don't count for this point, right? But do you think that they'd really push her to the side and she's going to become nothing like the Democrat Party did to her, right? When they found out what kind of how her policies really swayed. Now, guys, I'm not getting it twisted. I understand she's had questionable policies on environmental issues that do not align with, um, with, for example, uh, you know, the way that we feel about energy independence as far as conservative-minded individuals are. However, 
more of, I think, her perspective or views on this will be answered in a few moments, okay? Because you can't have one without the other, right? And if she has objectionable, objectionable environmental policies that conflict with, like, say, like conservative or Republican interests, if you want to keep it on party lines, um, you can't object to one thing without objecting to both. And the thing that she's objecting to, I think, um, would probably knock out that environmental question. We've also seen her flip-flop on abortion, and I don't know where she currently stands on it, so I'm not going to speak on it, because the last time we reported on her views on abortion, uh, Roe v. Wade was still the law of the land. So I don't know where she stands on that. I did not dig into that, guys. Um, they had, you know, they had Joe and uh, Tulsi, you know, like I'm on first name basis, right? Had a very, very interesting conversation. They tackled so many topics, uh, but the, the main theme, at least through what I got through, dealt with the lack of reality, right? Remember what Tulsi said? She said uh, they, they, they have no problem with the absence of reality or the absence of truth, right? Like that they're into the absence of truth and that just, that takes away reality. You cannot have no objective truth in, in the world or else, you know, everything goes upside down, which is exactly the chaos that we're seeing coming out of this, uh, this mindset. Uh, Joe Rogan calls it a mind virus. Um, which I think is, you know, it's pretty, pretty interesting way to put it. If you, you know, because where did it originate? You know, it's not like it came from any central figure. It came from a school of thought more so, and it just got out of control from there. And then, uh, everyone who just, uh, follows along with the media said got influenced and went along with it. And it's been a process of over decades. So I think that would kind of play into that entire train of thought or reasoning, you know? Anyhow, um, she tore into them over the gender policies. Oh, man, they had a great conversation over the gender policies. <laughs> that was some entertaining radio podcasting, guys. I was like, wow, I was la sitting there laughing at them. It was just so hilarious because it's all common sense. It's stuff that we know and we've understood for the longest of times. And uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's nice that these, these things are uh, getting out even further. And here's the thing that I think, I, I think I actually wrote, where's that note I wrote? Um, uh, Tulsi, had, what had she said? Oh, no, no. What was I thinking? Um, that uh, Tulsi leaving the Democrat party like this is going to, it's going to serve a lot of purposes. This is why, you know, like, I'm like, where does this all fit into everything that's going on in everything? But, you know, how could, how can everyone really know all of that? Right, right, Mr. C, just take a breath. Just breathe, Mr. C. Uh, um, Democrats who have been seeing all of this nonsense, nonsensical way of thinking, but yet are too afraid you know, or are, uh, they feel peer pressure or they just don't want to be the first one to make the move, you know, that's going to open the door for them. Um, for the people who are kind of aware of what's going on, but are, are not really, if they actually took the time to listen and honestly, you know, um, held an objective mind while listening to her, uh, podcast where, which we played, I think on Tuesday, um, <clears throat> 
I think that would very much cause them to ask a lot of questions. And it might cause them to really put their party into question. You realize that the, the Democrat Party's over. When the last sane individual in the Democrat Party leaves the party, it's over. <laughs> You're done, right? The only people left at the after party are the ones that were so drunk on power they passed out and didn't realize everyone has been watching them. They've been blacked out, drunk on power this whole time, not realizing that we're like there. That would be a good analogy. Like the Democrat, all of the establishment politicians, whether they're Democrats, Republicans, third party, whatever they are, if they are beholden to globalists and corporate interests, right, for decades and centuries, they've been so drunk on power that in the year 2022, when information froze, uh, flows freely and is unabatable, no matter what you do, and everyone has access to it, they're so drunk on power, they're in blackout mode and don't realize we're watching them run around with no clothes on, thinking that they're fully dressed like the emperor's new clothes, right? And <laughs> that's what it is, guys. That's that hubris, right? Anyways, I'm sure someone more noble than me has already broken down the... Uh, broken down the uh the mental gymnastics and the psychosis that these people suffer but anyways so it was a good conversation y'all um let me see here uh, uh and yeah so in addition to that you know it's gonna give democrats strength to walk away it's gonna wake people up it's going to uh it's going to uh, it's going to cause more doubt in the party's integrity itself the way that these two tear into just common sense logical stupidity that uh the the mindset and thought process that these progressive based type of democrats and individuals are all trying to inflict on the world right i mean it's it's a i would recommend you guys go catch it and i don't normally do that i don't even think i'm allowed to do that you can't you can't encourage people to go to other shows it doesn't matter. You guys are going to go watch it anyways now. I think I'm building it up too much. Um, my next question, of course, lady. Oh, you know, speaking of which, there was one interesting point. I learned a lot. I did not know that Mr. Rogan knew so much about everything. Okay. <laughs> like, how do you store all that information in your head? He And, and he was just recalling it is what I mean. Okay. <laughs> like, he was going on. Okay, so they were. She, okay, so Nancy. I mean Nancy. Uh, uh Tulsi. Uh, excuse me, Tulsi. Tulsi went in on Nancy about the insider trading. Okay, and and then they all went in on the media about how no one's covering it. You know, I mean, when they went in hard. Okay, I didn't even realize. I mean, we all knew about the insider trading, but Joe Rogan's tracked this stuff. I mean, I think he did have an episode uh, that was like specifically on insider trading and Nancy Pelosi and stuff like that. But you know. When, uh, as, as, as Joe Rogan said, when Paul Pelosi's stock record is better than, uh, Warren Buffett and George Soros, something's up, right? <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's right. And, and then the other piece of interesting information, uh, and I was going to look into this. I pulled up the, uh, I pulled up the brochure, but I didn't get to go through all of it, uh, uh was when they were talking about gender affirming care and how sick it is that they're forcing this on our children and how evil it is. You know, uh, Tulsi has shared with, uh, Joe that, um, the department of Homeland, uh, sorry, the department of health and human services, you know, Rachel Levine, <laughs> 
Oh my goodness, you guys need to listen to what they, what Joe said about that. Anyways, okay, so about that thing. Um, they had released a brochure about gender-affirming care, you know, to tell, to introduce the concept to, I guess, the agency and all of the workers, et cetera, and to have a general information uh, brochure. Uh, apparently, apparently, according to the Department of uh, Health and Human Services, if a parent denies their child gender-affirming care, okay, um, they have, the government has the right to hand that child over to Child Protective Services. Okay, that's how crossways, backwards, upside down this world has become. And uh, yeah, guys, even if Tulsi wanted to go back to the Democrat Party by now, I don't think they would take her back. Okay, <laughs> She went in on them hard. Um, one of the things I am still waiting or I'm still digging through uh, all of the uh, dust guys is the World Economic Forum question. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's, it's the elections question. OK, because remember, I was like, OK, Tulsi, you did all of these things, these wonderful, glorious things. You said all of these wonderful, glorious American things that we love and need to hear, especially in the leaders that we voted for. Right. Because we I mean gives us confidence. It, it makes it makes an American feel like nothing else. And I don't think anyone else on this planet can can share this experience. But it, it makes an American feel like nothing else when the person that they know they voted for gets up in front of anyone or anywhere or even nobody and says and sounds and talks like an American, like, you know, like Trump did or even like Tulsi did during that podcast she put out it's the greatest feeling in the world guys it's the greatest it's it's an overwhelming bubbling feeling from like within my chest when i when i hear things like that anyways so um it's a pride feeling you know i, I honestly don't think it's a feeling anyone else can say they could experience at least not within any recent amount of time in other nations um maybe the people of brazil who voted for uh, president bolsonaro how about that We'll give them that. Or the people of Italy who voted for uh, uh, Meloni, uh, Pia Meloni, you know. <laughs> maybe maybe people are getting to know the feeling and maybe they like it, right? Maybe they like that feeling knowing the person that they elected is actually fighting for them and towing the line, right? So uh, my question next was, Tulsi, do elections. Tulsi, do the 2020 election, Right. Uh, tell us your thoughts on that. Unfortunately, as far as I got into the interview, that had not come up. What she did say was rigged, Joe. I'm glad you brought that word up, rigged. And she said she had often wondered that during her uh, presidential campaign in regards to, you know, what was going on with the Democrat Party, the DNC and all that stuff. So uh, and that's as far as she got into election fraud. So uh, unfortunately, per my litmus test, I do not yet have an answer on that with Tulsi Gabbard. However, in regards to Tulsi Gabbard and the World Economic Forum, I have started to make some headway. Now, uh, Tulsi Gabbard's questionable connection to the World Economic Forum, ladies and gentlemen, I think has been one of the most apprehensive points uh, to this point in regards to uh, uh, one's trust in representative or I'm sorry, 
former representative Tulsi Gabbard. Um, so here's a, here's the crucifix of this. I mean, here's the crux of this. Excuse me. I just can't stop saying that after I heard that RSBN reporter. Anyways, so this is, uh, this is from the Wayback Machine, right? Um, and this is the Forum of Young Global Leaders. Now, this is from the World Economic Forum, right? Now, this is a screen. This is a capture from back then. Actually, I think this one was uh, 2021 was when they captured this one. Yeah, May 19, 2021. Uh, and so uh, the Forum of Young Global Leaders is a community of innovators from diverse backgrounds and experiences, search current members and alumni by year awarded sector or region. And there's Tulsi Gabbard's photo, right? So that's from the actual website. And then, of course, I think the one that more people are familiar with. Uh, where is it? Where did you go? Hold on. I want you guys to see my stories that are coming up. Now, don't worry, guys. You're not you're not about to hear me say, well, the reason why we can trust Tulsi Gabbard is not a World Economic Forum hack is because there's nothing to worry about from the World Economic Forum. Because trust me, I read articles that said just that. Okay. <laughs> Actually, yeah, they're like the World Economic Forum is just business people. There's nothing else going on there. I don't understand why people are so worried about it. You know, uh, we'll we'll get into that in just a minute. But uh, where is that one? Did I not pull it up? I was going to show you the one that everyone is familiar with. Oh, it's a good thing I didn't. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's the that's the that's the showstopper right there. I can't show you guys that one. Okay, hold on. Uh, where are you at? Where are you at? Where are you at? I know you're here somewhere. Sorry, guys. Uh, you know, when, when, when you're a one man crew, guys, it's not like, I'm not like Joe Rogan. I don't got someone working behind the scenes for me. Okay. Pulling up pictures and articles for me. <laughs> I'm like, Hey, uh, you, who's not there behind the, uh, the bathroom door. Can you please pull up that picture of, uh, Tulsi Gabbard in the world economic forum and Dan Crenshaw? Here it is. Okay. Here it is. Oh, this is the one that was 404 not found. No wonder I closed that. Okay, now I'm going to show you guys what I'm looking at. So you're not lucky. Okay. This is the photograph of Tulsi Gabbard and Dan Crenshaw that most people are familiar with from the World Economic Forum's Young Global Leaders Initiative. It's 404 not found. Okay, so that's why I couldn't find it. Okay, I closed uh, I closed that off. Not yeah, there it is. 404 not found. Okay, let me uh, let me let me do one of my other tricks here, guys, so you can get the image and I can be satisfied. Uh, we're going to do this and then we're going to do this and, oh, is this 404 not found too? What the heck? It's all 404 not found. Oh, there it is. Okay. Oh, that's the, that's okay. You guys see this, right? You guys remember this, right? Okay. <laughs> hold on. Let me close these windows. It's, there's a draft in here. Okay. So hold on. All right. Memba. Everyone remembers this. This is this is the one I saw initially, right? So there's your uh, World Economic Young Global Leaders Forum. Klaus Schwab, founder and executive chairman of the World Economic Forum, created the Forum of Young Global Leaders in 2004 to help prevent or oh, to help the world meet increasingly complex and interdependent problems. Uh, the same year that Tulsi Gabbard was featured. Uh, we had Dan Crenshaw, right? Uh, that's a Madonna's lookalike, right? Uh, Alexander Soros, I'm guessing, I thought Soros was gay. Anyways, Mark Zuckerberg, need I say more? David de Rothschild, again, need I say more? And interestingly enough, in a uh, crazy kind of like uh, foreshadowing, we had Megan Rapinoe, who Tulsi also spoke about actually, um, on the Joe Rogan show, who was also with her 
during, uh, who's also a, one of the uh, nominated or accepted or chosen, I think chosen is the word, was one of the chosen um, global leaders who are young for the World Economic Forum. Okay. So guys, you guys know my hard line on this, right? Oh, Mr. C went from black to white on Tulsi Gabbard. And maybe it's the, the globalists in the deep state. They're like, quick, quick, dispatch Tulsi Gabbard so we can make Mr. C look like he's uh, flip-flopping uh, undecisive. <laughs> quick, make his credibility and his own decisions look questionable. <laughs> Anyhow, okay, uh, let me see where, let me see where the, let me check the pulse of the audience real quick on this one, guys. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. Uh, let's see here. Okay. Uh, Sean Joe says Gabbard is okay. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Relius says, I'm wary, keeping an open mind. Uh, I'll have to check out her voting record. Well, for, uh, yeah, that's a good one. I think her voting record is where we found some of her questionable things on environmentalism and abortion. Uh, let's see here. Um, Aurelius says, if she's acting and just playing a part, she's a damn good actress. I mean, could not the same thing be said about Bill Barr, Aurelius Locke? I don't know. I, I'm pretty, I think he, you know, for the, for the sham actors, uh, I mean, the people who can't act that they have like at the January 6th on select committee and all of their, their fake witnesses that can't act for crap, you know, how the hell is Bill Barr so good? If he's really a good guy still, I'm just saying, okay. <laughs> Anyways, I mean, Bill Barr and his dad worked for like what? Like Costa no Nova Costa and like uh, wasn't there like trafficking and wasn't there Panama Canal and overthrowing uh, 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 the president there? I mean, they were they were way the bars were way embedded with like the three letter agencies. I think before it became a thing, you know, like <laughs> him and the the Herbert Walker Bush family. <clears throat> Anyhow, Awaken Mom says, uh, what about Kristen Cinema? I know it's cinema. I just like saying cinema. I always put these two in the same category. I haven't thought much about Kristen Cinema uh, because she's a lesbian. Anyways, Cinema Girl <laughs> is totally different to me. I don't put Cinema and, and Tulsi in the same boat at all. Actually, no, I see what your question is now, Awaken Mom. No, those two are nowhere in the same boat, I don't think. Uh, cinema is still, I don't know. I, I mean, honestly, I don't know a whole lot about cinema, but I've never heard cinema sound like Tulsi Gabbard. All I've heard her do is stop the Democrats from voting on certain things, which, you know, is not a bad thing. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. I, I, I really couldn't comment on that. I don't follow cinema. Uh, not that I'm diminishing the topic, though. Um... Uh, Raleigh Slock says, Tulsi has a Kennedy Democrat feel to me. Do you mean the uh, John F. Kennedy Democrat feel once he'd woken up from the party boy fog <laughs> and realized our nation was in trouble? Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Cinema is more of a Clinton Democrat. Uh, again, I don't, I don't know. I haven't looked into that enough to, to comment. It takes just one person to stand up. That's right. Uh, it's the people that she's associated with that concerns me. Are you speaking about Tulsi? Ooh, do tell Angel Wings. You'll, you'll need to let me know who she's associated with. Uh, 
Whoa. Okay. I don't know how you guys went from Tulsi to Nambla. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, let's see here. Uh, you don't tell people what they want to hear. Okay. Uh, really says you don't tell the people what they want to hear just to get their votes. You say what you believe and hope you get their, you say what you believe and hope you get their votes. Right. It's the best man for the job. Uh, that's George's son. That's, he wears red shoes. Oh, interesting. That's why I said I thought George Soros was gay. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> CIA says Angel Wings. Yeah, uh, probably talking about Barr. Thank you. So yeah, so there you go, guys. So yeah, Angel Wings. Uh, any any uh, any clues on uh, her associates? Because I, I don't follow Tulsi at all. You know, I just, uh, I just um, acknowledge whenever she comes up to the surface with... Uh, America first rhetoric and well, let's see what that's all about. So, uh, <clears throat> uh, well, there you go, guys. So, uh, let's start digging into this. Oh, Carrie, what are you doing here, Carrie? You're a little bit early. Okay. <laughs> She's eager. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Uh, so I found this article guys, uh, and the article uh, okay, so first of all, guys, I, I, I was doing a lot of reading and research. Um, I don't think I'm even anywhere halfway through or even scratched the surface, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, but I went ahead and pulled out some of the, the uh, ones that I found interesting. Okay, now um, I am not giving any type of credit, nor am I necessarily endorsing the where this article comes from. But the uh, information contained therein, I thought it was worth sharing. And I will also share the writer's point of view. Point being, because I don't know who Pam Ho is. Okay, so, and Pam Ho's views on the World Economic Forum are troubling. But listen to what this individual or this entity says about Tulsi Gabbard and the World Economic Forum. Okay, and uh, well, well, we'll just get through it, guys. And I'll let you all form your own opinion on it. I'm just putting this information out there and you do it as you will. After Tulsi Gabbard renounced her relationship with the Democrat Party uh, on the Joe Rogan show and on the first show of her new episode of her new podcast, I kept seeing a lot of people wondering about Tulsi Gabbard's relationship with the World Economic Forum. Okay, so we know that. Um, so uh, here is another thing that gave uh, some people some uh, apprehension. Tulsi was informed that she had been chosen as a young global leader in 2015. Uh, not really knowing much about them, she then sent a tweet thanking them. And it says, uh, Tulsi Gabbard at the World Economic Forum, I'm honored to be selected as 2015 Young uh, Global Leaders Voices, representing Hawaii amongst uh, leaders from around the world. And uh, she posted that little graphic there. Uh, so the writer goes on to say that is commonly how people become a World Economic Forum, a young global leader. They select people whom they believe can add some benefit to their organization and then email them, telling them they have been selected. We know the process of what happens because a young popular po politician like Tulsi Gabbard, but from Canada, went through the process and then wrote about it. Uh, this is from uh, Member of Parliament Michelle Rempel Garner of Canada. In January 2016, I woke up. Uh, I woke up to an email with the subject: "You have been selected as a young global leader." 
I thought it was likely spam, but upon opening it, I realized it was no joke. The Young Global Leader Program is a big part of the broader World Economic Forum programming. Business Week magazine described it as the most exclusive private social network in the world. This is an in, this is an overstatement, but members do include the likes of Sergey Brin, Ivanka Trump. So we'll have to hold Ivanka to the same standard as Tulsi. Dan Crenshaw, we already know he's a piece of trash. But to be fair, right? Mark Zuckerberg, um, Amal Clooney, and many of the top up and coming political leaders in the G20. That is typically what happens. It happened to Tulsi Gabbard and also to Dan Crenshaw, piece of trash who explained how out of the blue he had been chosen with no contact before or since. Um, a member of parliament, Michelle Garner, continues, At my own expense, I went to a meeting of the community in spring of 2017 to check out what being a YGL, Young Global Leader, was all about. The meeting was no different in feel from an academic conference, if a bit more global in nature and with more high-profile politicians and CEOs in attendance. Uh, in January 2018, like many other conservative Canadian politicians have in the past, I attended the annual World, uh, annual World Economic Forum in Davos. To make it comfortable for myself, I rented a tiny Airbnb about a 30-kilometer drive outside the conference site. I packed a lunch. I trudged through snow in a parka and boots while the motorcades of world leaders drove by. I watched Justin Trudeau give a speech to an empty theater with members of the Canadian Parliamentary Press Gallery who had traveled to cover the event. At both these conferences and in a subsequent session I attended in New York, I attended sessions and respectfully debated with others. Everyone I interacted with was professional and thought-provoking. When I interjected with my right of center leanings, no one ejected me into the streets. The World Economic Forum is certainly elitist, but to my eyes, it fell far short of being a cabal bent on global domination. Of course, I'm pretty sure a fledgling MP from Canada who is also conservative, they probably get like the conservative people all get invitations, right? Just to fill them out, you know? It's, it's a much bigger program than just, you know, a weekend in Davos, right? It's much bigger than that, you know? And they don't go around saying, we are trying to enslave the world. They don't go around saying that. They talk about, ooh, these technologies are going are gonna to help and assist uh, uh, in the expansion of uh, human society. And they talk about, oh, getting corporations to do this, this, and that will help humanity and the environment. They don't say, we are trying to trap them and kill them all and we're using environment as a ruse. Right? They don't say that, MP from Canada, whatever you garner. They don't say that, okay? Anyways, so, um, oh, so she goes on to talk about the great, the conspiracies, right? So uh, the first, the content, timing, and title of the Great Reset document was blissfully naive and arrogant at best and flat out crackers at worst. So she's, to me, it sounds like she's apologizing for them. Video also emerged of Klaus Schwab implying that the World Economic Forum had influence over attendees who had secured roles in the cabinets of several countries, including Canada. When I saw it, I was shocked at the presumption of the claim that he had influence over Canadian lawmakers by simple virtue of giving them an award. I guess this was done to increase the World Economic Forum's prestige or to convince companies to fund the organization. In other words, it was marketing.
but it showed incredibly poor judgment and eroded his credibility. And I have been harassed ever since. Where conspiracy theorists are correct to note that the World Economic Forum is elite and opaque, that is its nature. It literally bills itself as an elite. No, okay, so you know, that's the problem here, right? Now, she would probably never do any other digging or research of her own into why conspiracy theorists, right? Conspiracy theorists talk about the World Economic Forum being a global cabal of elitists who are trying to destroy and uh, capture the world. Doubtful she would. You will eat the bugs. <laughs> Aurelius Locke. Anyhow. Let's see here. Uh, so a uh, Angel Wing says, It's been a while, but in my little rabbit hole, she was financially supported by Soros. Oh, no. Okay, so there. So that's why you said she's a Soros puppet, Angel Wings. Ah, oh, you get that, Aurelius? <laughs> because he... Okay, so that's something to look into. Cool. All right. So, you know, and that, okay, thank you, Angel Wings, thank you, you know, and that's why I'm glad, because that's what we're here to do. We're here to ask the question, okay? We're here to ask the question. Okay, so uh, here is, a, 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 okay, so yeah, you know, that, that portion of uh, the MPs, I, I mean, I do not agree with, uh, but because the MP wrote that the author of this article uh, went on the same kind of um, track as far as the World Economic Forum and its operations, okay? Uh, so um, they pulled up this uh, Wikipedia article, okay, about um, the World Economic Forum. It says, the foundation is funded by its 1,000-member companies. Wait, what? Okay, now this actually kind of, I never read, I never go to Wikipedia, right? So um, I was like, what are, you, what are you talking about, right? Okay, it, it, it appears that if you're a member of the World Economic Forum, you pay them to be a member. So I was like, why are they paying to play? Think of, let that marinate while I read this. Why are the people who attend the World Economic Forum or members of it, why are they paying the World Economic Forum to be a member of their elite prestigious club because they can afford it? Is that what it is? Okay, so think about that. The foundation is funded by its 1,000 member companies, typically global enterprises, with more than $5 billion in turnover, varying by industry and region. These enterprises rank among the top companies within their industry and or country and play a leading role in shaping the future of their industry and or region. Okay? You see, they don't need to talk about world domination. They just need to put in uh, small and pivotal changes here and there, tweaks here and there, perspectives here and there that could change the way we do things. Because they're working with enterprises who pay them to be there. And uh, these are top companies within their industry and or country. And they play a leading role in shaping the future in their industry and or region. It's a global thing, MP, Garden. Membership is stratified by the level of engagement with forum activities. So does that mean if you are more in with the Green New Deal and the Great Reset, you will pay more? <laughs> this is ridiculous, guys. So if you are implementing 
if you are implementing the Great Reset operations and the Green New Deal and all of this stuff, you pay more, okay? <laughs> Membership is stratified, stratified by the level of engagement with forum activities, with the level of membership fees increasing as participation in meetings, projects, and initiatives rises. Do you mean to tell me that in a backwards, upside-down, satanic world where all of these people are doing things backwards to hurt the good people, even the bad people are sucked into a Ponzi scheme? <laughs> what? Okay, so, no, 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 but there's a reason why I'm, I'm, I'm sharing this information with y'all. There's a reason why I'm asking these questions about them paying to be a part of the World Economic Forum and then to pay more the more initiatives and programs they take under their belt. It seems like the World Economic Forum should be paying them. Or are they? See, that's the question, okay? What is the payoff? That's my question. Yeah, I had you guys focus on why are they paying the World Economic Forum to be part of them, but the question is, what is their payoff if they are paying the World Economic Forum to implement the World Economic Forum's policies? There's got to be a payoff. There's got to be a payoff. Do you guys recall the um, article, well, the article, the story that I shared with y'all? For She was the uh, former prime minister of some European nation. It was like Denmark or something, somewhere over there. And she wrote this, uh, she wrote this story about how the world will be so great, you know, for uh, the people once we have all this green uh, technology and it's, and there's no more cities and, you know, everyone lives in communes in the forest and, and the people who live in the cities are the ones that you really have to worry about. They're the ones who are being held under lock and key and under, you know, a metal boot and stuff like that. You know, you guys remember that? Those policies, the policies that that woman described in that story, that nightmare of a story, those policies, they're implementing for that outcome. And these corporations are paying the World Economic Forum to get there. So there has to be a payoff for the corporate, whoever it is that's paying to be a member, there's a payoff. MP, uh, MP, what's your face? And Pam Ho, who wrote this article. Why don't you uh, why don't you do a little bit more digging into the matter because this is a common sense question, right? Why am I going to pay more money to implement your policies? Okay? What's my payoff? Key bono. Or in this case, how do I benefit, not who benefits, right? So, I I mean, I'm I'm glad they provided that little tidbit of information. I did not know that factoid regarding membership into the World Economic Forum, y'all. That is pretty crazy. Uh, oh, I see here. Uh, oh, Angel Wing says, I'm also seeing Trump backed Tulsi. That doesn't sound too accurate. He didn't endorse Tulsi, uh, but he did speak. He did speak positively of her. Uh, and then, of course, um, Tulsi uh, spoke with president, met with President Trump 
when he was uh, elected, once he was once he had won the election in 2016, uh, to speak with him about her concerns with um, America at the time, America's current um, international <laughs> dealings and stuff like that. So uh, as she reached out to him, she talked to him about her concerns about regime change. You know, that thing that's often overlooked during the Obama years with Syria, right? And uh, the Syrian free rebels who were found out to actually be funded by the CIA to overthrow the Assad regime because uh, they were making up stories about him gassing his people and killing them all. And uh, let's not forget who led the uh, the Syrian free army guys. You know, the, the, the Syrian free army that was made up of like ISS members and Al-Qaeda members and other questionable characters who are allegedly rebels trying to free the Syrian people from, uh, you know, Bashar al-Assad. Uh, and I think it was General Vallely who boasted like three or four times on the Pete Santilli show that he led and trained the Syrian free army to uh, overthrow uh, Bashar uh, al-Assad. Uh, that, yeah, that, that, that little piece of, uh, you know, history that people tend to forget or have not really acknowledged. Anyhow. So article goes on to talk about more of the glories of being part of this elitist stratosphere that is known as the World Economic Forum. And then the rest of it goes on to basically defend them. Okay, so not good, but I do thank the writer for finding that interesting... Uh, that interesting uh, document from the prime, uh, sorry, the member of parliament from Canada, because that gave us some perspective, right? So I was like, okay, so uh, there's a lot of ways that I looked at this article. Yeah, is this propaganda? Because they're saying the World Economic Forum is good. So in my view, yeah, it's it's propaganda, but it's in defense of Tulsi Gabbard. In defense of Tulsi Gabbard, but to make the World Economic Forum look good, could this article have been written to appeal to the independents and to the Democrats who are going to follow Tulsi and they still need them on board with the Green New Deal and not um, objecting to the existence of this entity that is trying to rule the world? I think that's a pretty good answer to that, okay? Um, let me see what I got next for you guys. Okay, so this is the one that really drew my attention and kind of set my tone for today. So Tulsi Gabbard has spoken about the Great Reset Agenda. And she said that it must be condemned by us all. So, you know, and I've also heard, but I have not been able to verify that the World Economic Forum has removed her photos just like they dissociated themselves from Putin. But I guess Putin's also a Bolshevik Leninist too, huh? <laughs> stupid. Anyways, okay, stupid people. All right, former dead... <laughs> Don't forget, guys, there are no such thing as stupid statements, just stupid people who are deceptive people, okay? Former Democrat Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard spoke out against the World Economic Forum's Great Reset Agenda, calling on everyone to join her in rejecting the nightmarish totalitarian vision promoting an upheaval of society as we know it. Gabbard posted her commentary to Twitter Tuesday, condemning the radical agenda by, uh, promoted by the World Economic Forum founder Klaus Schwab, which seeks for people of the world to own nothing and be happy, while the global technocratic uh, elite keep everything for themselves in the forests of the world. 
While we struggled to afford food and fuel, the elite gathered at Davos and the World Economic Forum to discuss how we should be allowed to live our lives, Gabbard wrote. Their totalitarian dream of a so-called Great Reset where people own nothing and are tracked and monitored with every step must be condemned by us all. The former 2020 presidential candidate's, uh, candidate's criticism is refreshing, refreshing given very few political figures have ventured to bash the Great Reset, which has been at the central focus for the World Economic Forum and Davos elite since the 2020 coronavirus pandemic, a catalyst they hoped would allow them to build society back better, with them in control, of course. <laughs> The vast majority of Democrat lawmakers, current, former, either uh, current and former, either embrace the tenets of the Great Reset or remain silent on the issue, writes uh, political columnist J.D. Rucker. To be fair, most Republicans avoid the topic as well, though there are some like Rand Paul and Thomas Massey who have been outspoken on the subject. We track every mention of the Great Reset and the World Economic Forum in the news, and sadly, we're not seeing many Republicans or any Democrats talking negatively about them. Despite claims the agenda is key to building a better world, the Great Reset agenda has repeatedly been exposed as a subversive communist plot to undermine individuality, Western values, and capitalism and seeks to rebuild society under the control of the World Economic Forum and the Davos elite. Gabbard did not explain how her protest squares with her World Economic Forum membership as a young global leader, as pointed out by many in her comments to her post. Regardless, her rejection of the World Economic Forum is laudable and should be emulated by other politicians interested in preserving their national sovereignty and individual rights. So, it could be lip service. It could be lip service, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but considering the path or the trajectory that Tulsi Gabbard is on now, it might not be lip service. And considering what we uh, read regarding that uh, Canadian member of parliament, if that is, and I'm not saying that's a scenario, but say, for example, if that is the scenario in which Tulsi was elected, uh, was selected by the World Economic Forum for that program, think about it this way. Uh, by now, we're all familiar with Tulsi's origins, right? Whenever she uh, became the youngest and the first female in Hawaii's history to be a Democrat, not only did they accept her with open arms, once she was elected, they made her, what, the, the president or the chair of the Democrat National Party. So they put her in a power position right away. Maybe they're trying to, you know, really smooth a coaxing in for her to be part of their team. And they did that by inviting her and giving her a prestigious type of position. Is the only thing I could think at the moment, y'all. But ladies and gentlemen, I will continue digging and, and, uh, angel wings again, you know, it, it I, I appreciate that, you know, Soros may have funded her. Now that's another, uh, that's another lead right there. Ladies and gentlemen, that's another lead as, uh, we, the people attempt to, uh, discover, but not get too distracted with the question of whether or not 
Tulsi Gabbard. Where'd you go? Oh. Is to be trusted. Where did you go, Tulsi? <laughs> ah! It messed up, y'all. Never mind. I can't do anything. <laughs> or don't tell me that one erased also. Where did it go? Ooh, hold on, y'all. I'm going to make the screen disappear. Okay. You guys have to see this, even though it's totally ruined now. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Where is it? I have all of, see, all of these pictures of Tulsi were disappearing, guys. You notice that, that picture, this one here? This one is scrubbed, okay? The one that I had, it's scrubbed, okay? I had to pull it up and uh, do a different way to find it and share it with you all. Uh, there's another picture I'm about to show you. I'm gonna I'm gonna show you this picture I have of Tulsi, but it's the last thing I do tonight. <laughs> Even if it takes the next 30 minutes of our show. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, where did you go, Tulsi? Oh, I know where it is. I know where it is. Okay. Okay. So as I was saying, ladies and gentlemen. Considering the lead and possible fact that Tulsi Gabbard might have been funded by George Soros, and as I continue to dig into whether or not we can trust Tulsi, try not to get too distracted, y'all. We still have to restore this republic. We still have to save our nation. We still have to uh, secure our elections. But America will still wonder whether or not Tulsi Gabbard can, in fact, be trusted. I'll leave you, America, to make your mind up on that. And now on to our next story for tonight. And incidentally, our final story. Yes, now we've got Carrie Lake on the screen. Okay. <laughs> we're going to end uh, We're gonna end tonight's Friday show and get into the weekend with a uh, Carrie Lake story that developed on Tuesday, actually. It developed on Tuesday. Boy, I'm I'm sure glad uh, there was so much to talk about this week that I had to wait until Friday to share this with y'all. Because in that time, so much has developed um, regarding the matter. Now, on Tuesday of this week, October 12th, um, in what was to be the most anticipated political showdown since uh, President Trump and Hillary Clinton debated, we were to have Carrie Lake finally go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the coward racist known as Katie Schnobbs, uh, Katie Hobbs, current Secretary of Snakes, uh, Secretary of State for Arizona, seeking the governor's office. The debate was to be held at the public broadcasting uh, station in Arizona, and uh, PBS was going to host it. it I mean, I'm telling you guys, there were lines around the corner for just kidding there. I don't know about lines being around the corner. Aurelius Locke, did you not just see that photograph of, of, uh, of Tulsi Gabbard doing the Illuminati pyramid hand signed like uh, Jay-Z? <laughs> He's already calling for a Carrie Lake Tulsi Gabbard 2028 ticket. Sir, I need to finish doing my research. Let's not jump the gun. Okay. Anyways, oh, and you know, but hey, I, I'm showing you two really powerful women tonight, guys. Did you get? Did you get that theme for tonight? We're 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 bringing it back for women, ladies and gentlemen. The left have destroyed them far long enough, right? 
<laughs> the left have destroyed women enough, ladies and gentlemen. So tonight we're doing a power women's presentation. Okay, so. All right. So we got Carrie Lake on the screen now. And, and so uh, what was to be the most momentous event, right? The most momentous event. All, all of us were anticipating it and waiting for it. Uh, well, it, it appears that PBS, the public broadcasting system, which is funded by taxpayers, right? A fun, fun fact, right? If you really think about it, uh, if you think about all the garbage they push, I mean, think about Sesame Street, for example. Think about how Sesame Street is pushing uh, homosexuality, uh, transsexualism, uh, a gender confusion on all the kids, right? And taxpayers are paying for it. That means that uh, uh, just like the deep state, uh, all of the establishment politicians, they are using our money against us, ladies and gentlemen. And I think quite possibly the events that occurred between Carrie Lake's campaign and PBS in regards to this debate with the constant coward no-show Katie Hobbs is going to be the first major crack in either reforming or defunding public broadcasting and networking, whether it's radio or television. Okay. And yes, that is okay, ladies and gentlemen. Well, Carrie Lake held a press conference today uh, where she urged for the defunding of PBS for um, betraying the campaign, being unconstitutional, and, and just spoiling the tradition, right? Spoiling tr the tradition of uh, having a uh, debate forum wherein voters could actually uh, engage these candidates in a manner that is more effective in selecting the best for the job than a one-on-one -on -one interview. A and might I add, in regards to that one-on-one -on -one interview, they decided to give Katie Hobbs a 30-minute sit-alone interview instead of doing this debate. What about equal time? Oh, well, now PBS has offered her the equal time. Uh, but first, ladies and gentlemen, what we're going to do we're going to, uh, I'm going to, uh, wait, what was this? I'm going to read this, uh, I'm going to read this statement from Carrie Lake, and then we're going to check out that press conference. So let's check this out. It says, uh, Carrie Lake says, we just learned hours before airtime of tonight's Clean Elections Commission debate that PBS has unilaterally caved to Katie Hobbs' demands and bailed her out from the consequences of her cowardly decision to avoid debating me on stage. As the CEC's broadcast partner, um, PBS's actions are a slap in the face to the uh, commissioners of the CEC and a betrayal of their efforts to put on an actual debate. Remember, the CEC specifically voted against Katie Hobbs's demand for her own one-on-one -on -one interview, but PBS went behind the CEC's backs and agreed to give her one anyway. That's because PBS, a supposedly objective taxpayer-funded entity, is working overtime to help elect Katie Hobbs, who needs all the help she can get. PBS has now become complicit in Katie Hobbs' attempt to destroy 20 years of gubernatorial debate tradition. We are actively working with the Clean Elections Commission, and we continue to push for opportunity for a real debate with both candidates on stage.
well written, I'd have to say, but uh, you know when it's spoken, there's a lot more fire, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so let's go ahead and take a look. Uh, this is, to me, this is a really big development, okay? Um, and, and I'm sure this is something that the Lake campaign may not have expected, but might have anticipated, you know? But it's about time that we all wake up, right? To what the public broadcasting system is doing, whether it's radio or television, okay? And when I say wake up, I don't mean like, oh, because I don't listen to public radio because it's trash and they're always spreading Marxist and communist ideas. And you know what? You know what I need to do? I need to go over there and complain and tell them I need to stop funding you because of the, the ideas that you are sharing. And that, you know, when we're talking about taking back our media, guys, because we know we cannot defeat this apparatus and fully restore our republic, you know, all strings attached, cut and severed, unless we reform or get rid of the current fake news, mockingbird media, or we just get rid of it altogether, that needs to include public broadcasting. And think about it, guys. This is a no-brainer. Just like the lack of accreditation of those uh, voting machines was the easiest way to decertify 2020, the easiest way to clean out that portion of the media would be to like to tirade them with calls for reform or defunding. This is, this is a big thing that's happening. No one else has done this or said this about public broadcasting except Tori says that I've heard, you know? So I'm just saying, guys, this is actually, to me, a lot bigger. You want to talk about cleaning up the media? Oh, guys, you know what we're doing with elections? You know how we're doing lawfare with elections? You know how we're submitting lawsuits and affidavits and doing all of that? And we're turning our attention on that? What would happen if we did that to uh, public-funded media? Why don't we clean that out? Because if we clean out public funding media because it's public funding, your politicians have to do it, okay? Could you imagine how much that would uh, counter the mouthpiece of the lying mainstream media, the fake news media? Now, I just thought about all of this right now. You know, maybe it's uh, too big to, uh, maybe it's too big to, to realize right now but we we very well could utilize public funded media as our weapon against fake news i mean think why didn't we ever think about that before guys why are we making our own little podcasts and shows why aren't we overcoming and overrunning these publicly funded radio stations and newspapers or you know tv stations stuff like that you know and then, and then the fake news would be like, well, on the conspiracy theorist channel, Texas Public Radio, <laughs> on the conspiracy theorist channel, uh, National Public Radio, <laughs> could you imagine that, guys? All the conspiracy theories they're saying over at, you know, the National Public Radio and over at the public broadcasting system or station. <laughs> They'd be like, the Muppets are trying to spread right-wing extremist uh, ideologies to children. What are, what, are, what are conservatives doing to the kids? <laughs> Anyways, do you see what I'm saying now? Do you see why this is so important? We might have another answer in our fight. We might have just opened up another front in our battle, y'all. And it's one that is winnable because it's publicly funded and it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Guys, we got to take this front. I'm telling you, we got to take it. Now, 
Let's hear what Carrie Lake had to say at her press conference. Here we go. I'm very disappointed tonight. We have cleared our schedule twice now for this debate. We cleared our schedule October 5th, immediately when we were asked to show up and do a gubernatorial debate for the people of Arizona to hear what the two candidates running for office, this ever important office, want to do for this wonderful state. They changed the date on us and we cleared our schedule again for today. Unfortunately, I'm running against a coward who's afraid to stand on a debate stage and talk about what she wants to do for Arizona. And unfortunately, PBS and ASU have done a backroom deal with that coward to give her airtime that she does not deserve. They've, they have canceled this. They have canceled this. And it's absolutely wrong. I need to remind people. Oh, uh, I forgot. To, I forgot to mention, guys, um, for those of you who have not seen this yet, there is there is a single heckler in the audience. Uh, so I just wanted to, uh, you're going to hear it. So here you go. That it is we, the taxpayers who own PBS and who own ASU. This is not the DNC that owns this. And what's going on here is absolutely wrong. Now I know, let me assure you, if the tables were turned and I had been cowardly and I refused to debate, then we would not have the same thing happening today they would have Katie Hobbs sitting there on stage alone. I was ready to sit down with Ted to talk about the issues facing Arizona. And unfortunately, they had to cancel that because PBS has done the wrong thing once again, and they have capitulated to Katie Hobbs. This is outrageous. This is truly outrageous. They know that the reason that she's giving for not wanting to do this debate is not true. She said it would create a circus-like atmosphere well, I'll tell you what, Katie Hobbs, you're the one that has created circus-like atmosphere. You keep reminding the world that you're a coward and afraid to do a debate. She said, I might yell at her. I would never yell at somebody. Only cowards would say something like that. She said that I might say something inappropriate and embarrass the state of Arizona. I would never embarrass the state of Arizona. The question you should be asking Katie Hobbs is, what was her excuse for not showing up for the Democrat primary debate? I've not heard anybody in the media ask her that. They're just letting her go with her bogus excuse of why she won't show up for a debate. Now, PBS offered her a chance to come in on Tuesday and have a half an hour to herself. That is not right. She should not be given a half an hour of free airtime. They've offered me now that same half an hour. I will agree to appear with Katie Hobbs next Tuesday on the stage together. And if she doesn't appear with me, they should kick her out and say she can't be on the airwaves at PBS. We the people own PBS. We the people own ASU. This is not an arm of the Democrat National Committee. And unfortunately, it appears that that's what it has become. Walter Cronkite would be rolling over in his grave right now at what's happening here. The people of Arizona deserve to hear from both people who are running for governor. This is a tradition. This is a tradition. These debates have been going on for two decades now. This is a tradition that Katie Hobbs is single-handedly destroying for the people of Arizona. And she needs to be called out for it. ASU needs to be called out for it. PBS needs to be called out for it. And frankly, Michael Crow needs to be called out for it. We are asking 
that everybody across this state contact the ASU School of Journalism, call this number, call K-A-E-T-P-B-S, and talk about why they are not holding a fair debate, why they are capitulating to Katie Hobbs. And also call ASU President Michael Crow and ask why this would be allowed to happen, why they are destroying the clean election debates that have been going on now for two decades. And they're allowing one cowardly candidate to destroy this entire debate system. Imagine next go around. If the Democrats realize, wow, we don't have to sit on the debate stage with the Republicans anymore. If they don't have to sit on the debate stage with the Republicans, if they can just stomp their feet and demand a safe space, then they'll get their own time. Then PBS will capitulate and give them their own time and we'll never have a debate system again. The people in the liberal press need to demand that your candidate, the one you guys are backing in the liberal press, show up and debate. The people of Arizona deserve this. I promise her, Katie, I promise you, you can write the questions for me. I promise you I won't yell, Katie. I promise you I won't interrupt you. And if you want to have an emotional support animal there as well, I will agree to that. But show up like a grown-up and debate. We have serious issues facing this great state of ours. We've got the narco-terrorists controlling our, our border right now. How in the heck are you gonna go up against them if you're afraid to debate me here at PBS? How in the heck are you gonna go up against Gavin Newsom when he's stealing our water and fight back there and when they're taking our energy? How in the heck are you gonna fight for companies to come to Arizona when you have to go up against people like great governors, like Governor Abbott, and Governor Christy Noam and Governor Ron DeSantis. Arizona will lose if Katie Hobbs is elected. I think I know the real reason she doesn't want to appear. And I think you guys all know, we sent that, where are the checks guys? These checks behind me are an indicator of what Katie Hobbs has already cost this state. It's gonna be about $3 million that you and I are paying for the taxpayers of Arizona because she's a twice convicted racist who paid women of color in her office $30,000 less than she paid white men doing the exact same job. These are checks that have already been paid out. More is to come. She's already cost us dearly. We found out this week that when she was in high school, that's where her racism began. When she started an outrageous slave auction at her high school, her yearbook shows this. We've got a racist running against me and you guys are running cover for her. She tried to bribe Talonia Adams out of not speaking to the press. And that, that story didn't get any coverage by you guys. I never saw a headline on that. Let me tell you, if the roles were reversed and I had this hideous of a background, you guys would be covering it nonstop. Shame on you for not covering Katie Hobbs the way she is. Katie Hobbs obviously hates people of color. Her past proves that. Why are you not covering that story? Why? I'm asking for the people of Arizona. She's against families being able to take their kids to a better school. This hurts our minority communities. Every student in this state deserves to have the best education. And with ESA for all, they will be able to get that. Katie Hobbs fought that. She, voting, she has a voting record that supported the rioters who burned down our cities and communities. Her voting record shows she opposed a border wall. She opposed a virtual border wall. 
She was opposed to asking the federal government to reimburse Arizona for the cost of our open border. And she's voted against the border strike task force. What is wrong with this woman? She's working against the people of Arizona. She wants to defund the police. She's voted to double our gas tax from 18 cents to 36 cents. She put out a plan to help us with inflation that is a joke. And I noticed it got wall-to-wall -wall coverage from you guys. She wants to lower taxes on a few items, diapers and feminine hygiene products. And that got a lot of coverage from you. We are planning to cut all of the food tax and cut all of the rent tax to help all Arizonans. We're going to be sending a half a billion dollars back into the pockets of hardworking Arizonans. I'm not sure that that got much coverage, but I think it's about time you start doing your job covering who this woman is. She's a coward who has no chance to, to be a great governor in this state. And I don't think she's going to win. So if you have any questions about this, I'm hoping that you don't um, put the same headlines that I've seen already. We had nothing to do with this getting canceled. This was completely PBS. And it is outrageous that we're watching the decimation of a two-decade tradition of debates that help the voters decide who to vote for. And a coward named Katie Hobbs is behind it, along with PBS. It's outrageous. Questions, anybody? Jordan? We recently saw an undercover journalism expose done by Project Veritas where Katie Hobbs ran from reporters again. She also, you know, she admitted to lying to an Uber driver, somebody that actually works for her, pays her taxes, and she wouldn't tell him what she does for a living or the fact that she's running for governor. What does that tell you about her, her confidence in her campaign and also her ethical standards? Well, I don't know much. I haven't done a lot of research, I talked about the Project Veritas story that came out. All I saw was that she is running from a black reporter, which doesn't surprise me, spilling her food and drink all over and hiding in the bathroom. Surprises me not. This woman is a, is a maniac. I, don't, I really, I'm shocked at, at the level of racism I've seen. Uh, you know, I, I can't tell you what's going on in her mind and why she lied to the Uber driver. It's interesting the Uber driver didn't even know who she is. I, 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 I'm not shocked by that. She's been hiding in her basement. I think if she walked through here, half the people wouldn't know who she is. She's been in hiding, and she refuses to actually campaign across the state. Meantime, I'm campaigning across the state. I've cleared my schedule for a debate. I've cleared it again for another debate, and I'm willing to clear it again. And I will be showing up next Tuesday, and PBS better put both of us on stage at the same time. Um, so it is true that Arizona PBS does receive some public funding, but you push the state legislator or the Board of Regents to divest funding from PBS if you are elected governor. Well, seeing as how they appear to be an arm of the Democrat Party, I think we need to look at it. This is not bipartisan. This is biased. This is absolutely biased. Katie Hobbs, in her refusal to appear on a debate stage with me, pretty much should have shut down her ability to even make it on the air at this station. But yet they are so obviously in the tank for her that they're giving her an opportunity to appear on this stage. It's wrong. And we should look at that. We really should. Arizona Queen Elections, what was your conversations like with them and will you participate in their future event, whatever that may be? 
I feel for Arizona Clean Elections. They've put this on for two decades now. It's been a wonderful opportunity. Before I ran, I used to watch the debates. It was a great way for me to find out what these candidates are all about. And honestly, I want to, I really truly want to speak to Democrat voters out there. As all of you know, I was registered for Democrat for a short time. I was registered for four years, many years ago as a Democrat. I ask that you ask yourself, why is it that Katie Hobbs will not debate? What is she trying to keep from you? What is she hiding? And I know that a lot of Democrats are starting to wonder if the Democrat party that they signed up for years ago is still the same Democrat party. I think it's pretty obvious it's not. It's changed so much. They don't care about the working class anymore. They've really become globalists. They're pushing things like vax mandates on our children and on our, our working class folks. I really ask Democrats to take a close look at what's going on in the Democrat Party because it's changed. It's not the Democrat Party you likely signed up for. And I hope that the clean elections uh, folks and the whole commission can survive this. But I, I really think uh, Katie Hobbs is, is, is really going to be behind killing this entire tradition. And it's unfortunate for the voters of this great state of Arizona. Yeah. What's your organization? Is that a real paper? Okay. Is that a paper or is it online? It's online. It's a newsletter. You're going to love it. Look, two questions. One, you mentioned backroom deals and Michael Crow. What do you know about how this decision was made? And I'll give you a moment, but I want to follow up. You know, I don't know a lot about it other than uh, we know that Katie Hobbs, you know, didn't want to do the debate because she was afraid. And then they agreed that because it's the rules and it's, it's law that they can't deny me the ability to do the debate. And so I was gonna have a half an hour on stage alone. Now I, I wanted Katie Hobbs to show up. I was hoping I would show up today and that she would be here. I asked the clean elections folks, even though I didn't have to, I said, please keep that deadline open until the moment it starts. Because if Katie Hobbs decides she wants to show up, I want her on that stage with me because I care about the people of Arizona and I think they deserve that. And then I find out late this afternoon that, that PBS did a go around and they were offering Katie Hobbs a half an hour on PBS at a different time. And our team and our attorney contacted Clean Elections. They didn't know about it. Clean Elections, I apparently contacted PBS and found out that ASU may have been behind it. We're trying to figure out who made that decision because it's wrong. And I think all of you, I really do believe all of you agree that's wrong. You see how that is going to destroy these debates from here on out. If candidates don't have to appear with each other, they will opt to have their own half an hour. And it's dangerous, as you say, it's dangerous for democracy. Many of you say that. It's dangerous for democracy. So remember that. The follow-up here is... Uh, anybody uh, else? I've already got one for you. But let me... I got two follow-ups. It sounds like you're saying you don't I have any have evidence. Rule one question. Okay, one, one more. Uh, it sounds like you're saying you don't have any evidence to back up that claim about backroom deals from Michael Crowe. This, my question. this was this this deal was made between between PBS and Katie Hobbs, and I've got some idea, but I'm not privy to share it all with you. Okay. Do we have a question? Anybody over here? So, what, what's your name? What, what's your name and what channel are you with? Katie Hobbs has given a lot of different reasons as to why she doesn't want to debate. She doesn't want it to be similar to the GOP primary, which she calls disjointed. She also said that Carrie Lake. Is an election denier. What do you say to someone who calls Carrie Lake an election denier? She's given a lot of reasons why she won't appear, and none of them are true. 
And I've heard nobody ask her, well, then what was your reason for not appearing against Marco Lopez, your Democrat challenger? And I haven't heard that follow-up question from any of you with her. Do you know what the answer is? Why did she not appear? She was out talking with her. You know what she is? She's a total BSer. And if you guys are buying any of this, that means that you're not very smart. She's a BSer. She doesn't want to appear because she's afraid. She's coming up with every excuse in the book. And we all know it, guys. Let's face the facts. We all know these are excuses because she's afraid. Last week, she was on a stage separate from me, and she was given all softball questions. One of them was, name one thing that you've learned from the Latino community. She spent a minute and a half, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, could not think of one thing that she's learned from the Latino community, which is a third of our state. That should have been front page news. Let me tell you, if that would have been me on a debate stage or a forum stage, I guarantee you that the Arizona Repugnant would have written five articles about it and a bunch of you would be still talking about it. I haven't seen any front page articles on that. She stuttered and stammered her way through a softball question of what has she learned from the Latino community. She couldn't come up with one thing. And I didn't see any of the mainstream news covering it. You guys need to do some soul searching here. Are you political reporters or not? That's my question to you because the people deserve to hear this and they're not hearing it from you. Any other questions? You've already had two, sir. What are your policies? You're gonna have to go. What are your policies, sir? To deal with this crooked media? Do you have a executive I'm only answering one question. I'm only answering one question. I'm sorry, no. I'm not answering questions from the repugnant. I'm not answering questions from the repugnant, but if you have a qu anybody else has one, I'm happy to answer. Like an easy Katie, PBS, Harry, PBS has offered you and Katie Hobbs 30 minutes separately. Will you accept their offer? Do you think that's fair? I'm asking you, will you accept their He just the asked, PBS has offered us 30 minutes separate. Do, and my question is, do you think that's fair? That means that means that Katie Hobbs, the coward, not only has won, which I'm not letting her gonna win this debate. I'm not gonna let, let her call the rules for the debates. That's for the clean elections folks to do. We're not gonna let the coward decide how the debates go out. You either show up in debate or you don't. And so I will show up on Tuesday and I expect to be on a debate stage with her. I expect to be on a debate stage with her. Anybody else have questions? Last week when Blake Masters had the chance to debate, he was asked about the 2020 election and he said that he actually hasn't seen evidence of voter fraud, but that big tech and censorship tipped the scale for Joe Biden. Do you believe that there was evidence of voter fraud or do you see it more the way that Blake Masters sees it? I've talked endlessly about this and I find it funny. I'm happy to talk about the 2020 election, but when I do talk about it, you guys gripe that I talk about it. There were major problems in our election. I believe there was major corruption in our election and I'm seeing it again in 2022, August 2nd, 2022, Katie Hobbs advising our counties on how many ballots to print. And one hour into the elections in Pinal County, they ran out of Republican only ballots. We have major problems. We're going to restore honesty in our elections when I'm governor. Next question, anybody? You with the beard in the back. Who are you with? 
Katie Hobbs, the single election school district, voted uh, to not grant her debate or grant her a one on one, and she accepted one anyway. So, Katie Hobbs, an election I never thought of it that way. I never thought of it that way. What I do know is she's a coward and she's afraid that her racist past is going to come out and she doesn't have a response to it. She doesn't have a response as to why she fired Talonia Adams when Talonia Adams asked her, why am I making $30,000 less than the men in the office? She doesn't have a response. She said to, uh, to, uh, on the, on the hot seat, basically that she fired Talonia Adams for disobedience. What year are we in? This woman's a monster. She's afraid to answer the questions. Any other questions, Dennis? Dennis, Channel 3. Uh, once again, you're criticizing the media. Uh, you've done that throughout your entire campaign. You've done that with me face-to-face. -face. Any proposals for your part to deal with the media? Any new laws to deal with the media? No, I'm not. Why would I? I'm not going to put a new law in. I, I just would hope that you guys would start acting like journalists and not propagandists and not acting like social justice warriors for the Democrat Party. The people are onto it. Why are these headlines not being written correctly? Katie Hobbs is destroying a tradition here through her cowardice. She's going to destroy these debates from here on out. Mark my words. If you guys allow her to, if the headline reads what I've been reading, the headlines are reading, which are inaccurate. Any other questions? Did you already have a question? Anybody else have a question? You've already got one. A little louder. The bus is going by. Today, Biden said we might be on a slight recession. Do you think we'll go into a recession? And what will you do to kind of- I think we're already in a recession. And that's why my tax plan, we rolled it out and we want to help people as soon as possible. We want to make sure that Arizonans get relief. We're going to send a half a billion dollars back to the people of Arizona so that they can fight back on Joe Biden's outrageous inflation and complete incompetence. And just a word of what to the to the wise. When we elect somebody like a Joe Biden, when we let somebody take office like Joe Biden, who's incompetent and somebody like Katie Hobbs, who's incompetent, this is the kind of stuff that happens. So vote wisely. Any other questions? After the ballot in Arizona, Cochise County is uh, considering a similar proposal down there, which election officials would say they would be pretty disastrous to do that. Would you do support what you're doing in Cochise County? And if you're governor, would you sign legislation to ban machine casting of ballots statewide? We need to get rid of anything with software. Software can be hacked. We all know that. We probably all had our phones or our emails hacked, or we've seen all kinds of things like that happen. We need to make sure our elections are secure. And we know for a fact these electronic voting machines are not secure. They can be easily hacked. And I, there's only one thing I agree with Kamala Harris about, and it was the sound from her in 2017 when she said, these electronic voting machines, I witnessed them being hacked before my eyes. We can't have the vote counters counting with a machine that can be hacked. And I just want to make sure in every way that our elections are fair for Democrats, independents, and Republicans. I want every voter to know that their legal vote counts, that it's counted properly, and that on election night, they go to bed knowing the winner, and they know that whether their guy won or lost, they can sleep soundly knowing the elections were fair and honest, and that's what we're going to deliver for the people of Arizona. Anybody who didn't get a question? Sir, with what? mask. Sir, with a mask. Where are you from? What station? I'm where you used to work. Fox 10? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Fox 10 what's showed your, up. What's wow. your thoughts on the Tucson and Phoenix abortion decisions, and what's your stance on it? 
I, I can't, with a mask on, sir, I can't understand people who wear masks. Are you still wearing a mask? What about the city of Phoenix, Tucson and Phoenix abortion rulings? What, what are you referring to? Exactly what? I need, I need more specifics than that. They're not going to enforce it. You know, well, we, the territorial law is like put on hold right now. Maybe that. What? I, you know, I can't decipher what your question is. Get it a little more specific, and then I'm happy to answer it. I've talked about this topic. Just that doesn't make sense to me. Anybody else have a question? The man in the red hair. The question. Man in the back. Basic question. The Phoenix and Tucson. I'm going to work with the lawmakers to make sure we have a system where voting is honest, where voting is honest. That's it. I'm not sure what it's going to look like, but I want to know that every Arizonan goes to bed knows that our votes voting system is honest. I've already answered my stance on, sir, sir. You know what? Just because Fox 10 is finally showing up to cover me, they, you, I've answered it. I'm going to save as many lives as I can. I'm going to save as many lives as I can. We're going to follow the law, whatever the law may be. Right now, the law is up in the air. It looks like the 15-week ban is is the law right now. I am running for chief executive. That means I follow the laws that are on the books. And so that's the law I stand. I'm personally pro-life. I've answered the question. Just because Fox 10 doesn't show up and cover me, I can't help with that you haven't heard my answers. Any other journalist not get a question? We have so many Latino voters uh, coming over. Uh, it's amazing. And in our polling shows, we're doing very well. I, I happen to live with three Latino voters, and I'm really proud of that. My children are Latino. My husband's Latino. And I've learned a lot from Latinos. They are a third of our population. They're the most hardworking, devoted to their family. They show us that there's a balance in life. When you put your faith in God, you love your family, you work hard, you can. You can have that American dream. And I, I learn a lot every day from my own family, my husband and children. They teach me something every day, and I consider them part of the Latino community. Any other person not get a question? The, the blonde in the back. Hi, I'm Wall Street Journal. Do you think you'll work with the legislature on election legislation? Can you be more specific about what you like that change? You know, I don't think you all realize that the legislature writes our election law, right? Legislature. So whatever I want really doesn't matter. It's what the legislature comes up with, and then I work with them. So we're going we're gonna to work. We want to make sure that we have secure elections. We have a voting system and a vote counting system that is fair and can't be hacked and can't be, the software can't be hacked. We'll work together. We'll find some solutions. There was a lot of good legislation last go around that didn't get passed. What we want is for every Democrat, Republican, and independent voter alike to know that our system is fair. We want to make sure that our voter rolls are cleaned up that people who have moved are not on them, that people who have died are not on them. Real basic stuff, it's not brain science, it's not rocket science, it's real easy, okay? Anybody else who didn't get a question? Anybody who didn't get a question? Are you with an organization? What is it? Okay, yeah, go ahead. Uh, we, we just heard from uh, one of our sources that ASU had something to do with it, and we're trying to figure out who made the choice to go around and make a backroom deal with the Katie Hobbs campaign 
to give her her own special carve out of a half an hour of airtime when she's denied to show up for the debate. It's wrong, and I think all of you can understand. Hopefully, I've explained why it's wrong. And again, what we want people to do, what we want people to do is to make sure that they call ASU. We want people all around Arizona is to call ASU, call the School of Journalism, call PBS, call Michael Crow, and explain to them that this is not the way you handle things. This is not the way you handle things. So if you could take a look at that, those are the numbers. Broadcast those and be, uh, be great to put it out. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, guys. Dang that heckler, right? <laughs> that, oh, sorry. I thought, I thought it was over. That one lone, he one lone heckler in the very back of the, uh, <laughs> eh, you're sorry, Harry. <laughs> Disco Ball Chaser says, oh, Carrie Lake is married to a Latino. I am really fangirling now. <laughs> awesome, guys. So, yeah, I, I want, yeah, it was, it's, this is, it was a pretty good press conference. I mean, obviously, the defunding of the PBS part was uh, some of it, and it was clearly more focused on her opponent, Carrie Lake, the coward. Uh, but still, I thought I would play that whole, wing, whole way through, you know. Uh, that way we can see, you know, the dynamics of a Carrie Lake press conference. Someone who actually engages the press in questions, right? You know, there's a lot of debate. Well, maybe there's not a lot. But there is some debate out there about whether or not we can trust Carrie Lake. And, you know, I'm not about to trip into a rabbit hole and get distracted on that notion. Um I think that there's something that can be said, and again, this does go back to discernment, right? But there's something that can be said about when you uh, listen to and watch someone speak. Now, I think Carrie, was it Carrie or was it uh, Tulsi? Ah, it was either Carrie or Tulsi. That was, it was Tulsi uh, because, you know, she's talking about the Democrats and, you know, how they're trying to ruin America. But, uh, but they're talking like, oh, they're going to save America or whatever. Well, they don't say save America. But the point is, in order for one to be genuine and sincere, maybe you shouldn't lie and try and deceive the people. Maybe you should really do what you believe. And as Aurelius Locke mentioned, people will follow you if, if you do do that, right? Or maybe they won't. Who knows? Point of the matter here is, uh, you know, like, with Carrie Lake, at least for myself, when I saw her and I've heard her, we all heard her speak several times by now. But, you know, being on the Carrie Lake bandwagon from the day her first campaign ad dropped back in, like, April of, like, what, 2021, um... I, I don't know. I just always got a good sense about her. Uh, but, you know, oh, her husband um, donated to Obama, right? Uh, she used to be a Democrat, right? She was an actress. Actually, she was a reporter. And she left when she did not want to be an actor and just read what they told her to do. I think the main reason or maybe one of the bigger reasons why many people at this point cannot truly come to terms with Carrie Lake possibly being trustworthy um, is because we're seeing yet again something that we have never seen before. You know, the uh, establishment politicians have never seen an awake electorate. They've never seen an awake constituency. They don't know what an awake American looks like, you know? So that was something new, something they had never seen before. Something we have never seen, at least not until President Trump, 
was a politician that actually cared about America and did what they said and was honest and genuine. We're not used to it. So I'm going to take Carrie Lake at 100%, right? I mean, where I don't have a dog in the race in Arizona, I still have a man in the fight for this nation and her position as governor of Arizona will be critical in that fight. So yes, in a sense, I do have a dog in the fight. And uh, I'm going to take her out 100% until she gives us a reason not to, just like I'm doing with President Trump, regardless of, oh, they both used to be Democrats. <laughs> they both were actors, right? They, uh, people have drawn those uh, similarities between the two. But when you see them engaged in their beliefs and speaking, you know it's not rhetoric. You can feel it coming from the heart. Now, maybe after hearing the same Trump rally speech for 15 or 16 or 17 times, yeah, maybe it does sound canned, but we've heard it 17 times, y'all. So that's to be expected. It doesn't mean that he's acting, obviously, right? Anyways, guys, I just thought I would um, present that point of view as we close up tonight's episode of The Sea Report, y'all. I hope you guys enjoyed that one as much as I did. Uh, but in the meantime, y'all, thank you again for being here tonight, whether you were joining us on Rumble, Clout Hub, Foxhole, Pilled, Trovo, or Twitch. Uh, much appreciated your attendance in spirit and in body. Uh, if you uh, like the cut of my jive and uh, what I've presented here today, you know, the Sea Report is an America First news show, and I do this five days a week, Monday through Friday, 7.30 p.m. Central. Um, and it is available on whichever platform you might be catching this live stream broadcast on. Um, but to be sure, you can also go to thecreport.com and click on the live shows button at the top right-hand corner. And it'll show you all the places that you can catch the C-Report live currently with more on the way. Uh, and with that said, uh, don't forget to check out the C-Report podcast over at anchor.fm slash the C-Report where you can get this very broadcast in podcast form and I hear it's a lot better for the driving. All right, guys. Now it's time to say goodbye. You all have a great evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we'll be back uh, with the sea in the dark tomorrow. Midnoche, Java Cosmic will be joining me. Uh, let's no telling what we'll be getting into then, but it might start with a T and end with a transhumanism. Okay, guys, you guys have a wonderful, beautiful, restful night. Thank you again for being here. Thank you for the donations that came in over at the foxholeandpill.net. Uh, Kiss, thank you again for dropping the links in the chat room and supporting the show in that manner. Ladies and gentlemen, have a beautiful night. Be safe, be blessed, and God bless America. We'll see you next time. Take care until then. Thank you, y'all. <laughs>
We're going to be gay and we're going to rape our children no matter what you say because we are Disney. Uh, we don't normally run see in the dark uh, during the week. Uh, for those of you who are wondering what the heck is this bald man talking about, uh, you know, multiple broadcasts and shows come here on Mr. CTV channel. Uh, so you got your C report Monday through Friday in the evening hours, right? And uh, we do see in the dark, which is a late night weekend talk show kind of, you know, broadcast, right? So guys, watch out. We got a swamp creature coming to the screen. So look out now. Look out now. <laughs> oh no, it's wretched Gretchen Whitmer. Check out the Political Truth Apparel line. Covefe. Rhino hunting season. Secretary of Snakes. And more to come. Fun. Fashionable. Edgy. Cational. Go to Mr. C Online Store at www.thecreport.com. Click on the top right menu. Use coupon code 1776REBORN at checkout.